I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, here we go. As far as we know, this is episode 39 of the Utah Puck Report. Welcome to it, and we've got a special guest today, as we always do, Katie Plyer. Thank you. Did I say it right again? Yep, Plyer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so weird because, you know, as, as the podcast started going, and I'm doing more and more research, and I thought I had everybody covered, and, the, and another thing is I thought I kind of knew all the hockey players in your age group, and they're like, hey, you're missing one that's playing NCAA, and I had I didn't know you. So tell me about yourself. Where are you from? Um, so I grew up in uh, Layton, Utah. Yeah. Born and raised there. Still live in the same house. Nice. But um, I'm actually playing college hockey out in Angola, Indiana, for Trine University. So Trine University mm-hmm. in Indiana. Again, I've, I've heard of Indiana, but that's as yeah. far as I want to go. I've never heard of Trine. So tell us about the school. Um, it's a really small school, actually. Uh, it's a really nice school, really small town it's in. But school-wise, academic-wise, it's it's an awesome school to be at. All right. So how did you get from here to there? Where, take us back to your first – like, when did you start playing hockey? Um, I actually started playing hockey in eighth grade. I started my f- playing my first year bantam hockey. Uh, I grew up skating. My grandpa has a pond up north, and so I kind of grew up skating there. But I didn't actually start playing hockey till eighth grade, and started out playing boys hockey. Of course, yeah. And uh, I decided that I really liked it, so I went on from that and played high school. And then it wasn't till my junior year of high school that I kind of decided that if I actually wanted to do anything that I would with hockey, I'd need to play on a girls' team. So I ended up playing for the Lady Grizz for two years. And got scouted from there. And so, tell I, I want to hear a little bit more about. So, which high school did you play for? Um, so I went to Layton High, and they didn't have a team, so I played for Davis County Independence, okay. which was like a bunch of teams. Like, right, right. So, so for those that don't know, um, in the in Utah high school hockey, you have teams that are affiliated, mm-hmm. like Murray and uh, Viewmont, yeah. and those teams, and then you have teams that are unaffiliated, and they and it's. You know, they pick up kids from a bunch of the high schools that just don't have enough kids to make a team. And you have Davis County Independent, you have Northern Utah yep. Independent, you have Salt Lake Independent. I think they're the stars, and and uh, those some of those programs have been around as long as some of the, most of the high school affiliated programs. Mm-hmm. And I think as we keep seeing the growth of hockey in Utah, we'll see more and more high schools. Um, you know, we'll see more of those teams become affiliated. 
which we have kind of been seeing, like with Park City and stuff like that. So that's cool. So you're playing for Leighton, and you just you decide you got to go to the Lady Grizz. Who's coaching the Lady Grizz, and what's the setup there? So my first year playing, it was Stan Weiss, and he was a coach, and we just I don't know that first year I played, we had a lot of systems. We had a lot of it was different going from high school to that because high school they just throw you out on the ice right. and <laughs> say go go play hockey but that that was kind of a big step for me because it was actually structured and I learned a lot got a lot better that first year playing and what kind of competition were you guys playing against as a lady grows um it was just tier two double a so we'd go to Colorado a lot play a lot of Colorado teams and went to California a couple times was this were you playing in your age group or was it a wide age group? Um, when I first started playing, it was it was U nineteen, and I was at that age group. I guess I would say I was like sixteen, seventeen. So I guess obviously there were older girls than me, but I wasn't super young okay. when I started playing. So because it seems like on a lot of those teams, like I, I've seen with the Lady Grizzlies and I've seen with the Lady Lightning, it seems like they have you know you'll have a fourteen year old goalie. And then you'll have some 19-year-old girls out there. And I don't know if that was still going that, on then. That, for my second year playing, we had a lot of younger girls come onto the team because we had a lot of girls that aged out. So we had a lot of younger girls come in and, and play with us. So, all right, now you're playing and you're going to Colorado, you're going to California. Mm-hmm. At what point do people start talking to you about, like, scouting you and stuff? So it wasn't actually until my second season playing for Lady Grizz that we went out east to uh, Wisconsin and played in the Can-Am tournament. And that's where more. Uh, that's where I got talked to by college coaches. And what did? How did you take that at first? Is that what your goal was? No, actually, playing hockey. I didn't really being from Utah and being a girl hockey player. That wasn't my goal at all or dream. I didn't really think that that could be possible for me. So going out there and being like, wow, I actually could if I wanted to. I could go play college hockey. So. Were they talking to any of the other girls on your team? Yeah, they they talked to a couple of the girls. It was interesting for trying. It was a first year program. The first year I went there, so it was a brand new startup. So they were they were looking for players, and yeah, they needed to fill every spot. Mm-hmm. And so that year, it was it was kind of unique too. I I mean, going to bigger schools like Adrian or Saint Scholastica or stuff like that, you'd go in as a freshman and not play a lot of games. But I got to dress every game and play every game. Okay. So, what was your role with the Lady Grizz? What position do you play? Uh, I play forward. All right. And were you a leading scorer forward? Were you set up forward? Uh, I wouldn't say that I was a leading scorer or anything, but I feel myself as a player is more like a playmaker, just try to be out there to... Well, I mean, yeah. And that's what scouts look for, right? Mm -hmm. Because we used the analogy before, it takes a lot of different skill to build a house and... People think, oh, the leading scorer is the only one that gets looked at. But that's what I wondered. So you came in as a playmaker. Mm-hmm. Now you're in college, and sometimes roles change a little bit. Has your role changed, or are you still a playmaker? Um, no, I still feel like I'm that. I mean, this last season I struggled a bit with getting points, and I was kind of frustrated. But um, I just looked at, at, I guess, my the bigger picture of the role I was playing, and I was out there and just trying to get things to happen. And Was this your first season there? Nope, this was my second. Okay, so my how, second season there. Take us through the first season. How do you remember how many points you had? Um, I don't remember how many points I had. I think I I ended up having like three goals. I would say, but um, I feel like our team struggled a bit being a first year program yeah, for and, sure, yeah. and playing 
top teams like like I said like Adrian is right. everyone's heard of Adrian yeah. pretty much but yeah it, it was definitely a struggle I think we ended up finishing last in the league okay so it was it was tough to get through but I feel like we as a team we grew so much um my our second season we ended up um finishing fourth in the league and made it to playoffs so it was a, it was just a big big change big difference from playing girls hockey and and boys hockey it's a lot faster i mean it's just yeah playing college hockey mm-hmm. do you remember your first time stepping on the ice in your first college game yeah i remember being really nervous and i kind of had to talk myself down and be like you you played hockey you know hockey um, I guess it was kind of a it was a cool thing that all the girls there they'd never played college hockey either, so we oh, were all yeah. we were all learning together. But it was it was really awesome experience. I mean, we actually had fans, we had people announcing. You know, it was just a it was an awesome experience. But yeah, it was definitely nerve wracking for sure. I never thought about that with a first year program. That is, that doesn't matter if you're starting or whatever. Everybody's first college game because mm-hmm. you're all playing together. Did you play in any of the national development stuff? Did you? Do those Rocky Mountain tryouts or any of that? So stuff? I think I went to one camp, and it was like the one district camp. But I don't, I didn't get chosen to go to the, any of the camps. So yeah. I mean, I I went to them, and but I didn't ever have anything like that. I went to one all girls hockey camp, and that was Minnesota hockey camps. But oh yeah. But other than that, I didn't really have any experience with any hockey camps or anything like that. So that you mean Minnesota hockey camp in Brainerd? Is that the one you went mm-hmm. to in Nisswa? Yep. And they have an all-girls camp? When I went, they did, yeah. And I think it was before my senior year, which was... How old are you right now? Uh, I just turned 21. Okay, you're 21, mm-hmm. so you're in 98? Yep. Okay, so 98. All right, so I'm try- I'm just thinking back to who was running what back in those days, trying to kind of get an idea. And sometimes those showcase, like the Rocky Mountain stuff we had here, a lot of times the players... Uh, it seemed like they were already chosen. I know that's changed mm-hmm. a lot. I know that they've done a lot of house cleaning and made that a lot cleaner. But it seemed like, do you think the players that went, were, were there other girls selected from Utah over you? Or did no Utah girls get selected? Um, I'm not sure. I can't really remember. Okay. I mean, we've, I'm, you know, Kyra Yu. Oh, I'm, yeah. I, yeah, she, I think she got to go to that and Sarah Cahill, obviously. Oh, yeah, okay. But... Well, that's what I was wondering. Are they girls? But those girls were already known, mm-hmm. and it was kind of known that they were going to go because Kyra's always been just a, a go getter. Yeah. Same with Sarah. I mean, those those girls have been. They're awesome. Yeah, they are awesome. And we've had Kyra on the show before. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. I I took I used to always take kids back to uh, Minnesota with me. So I would do. I have a hockey camp here, which you were never a part of. We were talking about the mm-hmm. first. Like you're the first player guest that we've had on that wasn't a, you know at some point a student in my camp. But uh, part of my camp is I affiliated with Shattuck St. Mary's. So we would do the two weeks at my camp, and then the ones that wanted to go, we would take them back. And somehow, the the one year we took Kyra's brother, Minnesota, the Shattuck camp wouldn't let Kyra come. I think she was too young. I don't think it was because she was a girl. I think she was a year too young for the age group that I had. So it was just weird because, like, I knew then that she should have been going to these camps and being mm-hmm. looked at then, but obviously it didn't affect her. She got where she wanted to go. Yeah. But uh, that, that's cool. But on the boys' side, it was more. It was definitely more. Uh, the coaches going in already basically knew who they were going to select, and I felt like it was an unfair process at the time. But that's the thing. When I first started playing, those kind of opportunities, those camps here in Utah, they weren't. They weren't really a thing. I didn't. 
they they just weren't around, I guess I would say. But now um, this summer I actually got to help coach at the Lady Ducks organization came out, and I got to help coach at that. And there was just so many young girls that came out, and it was it was just awesome to see that that's it's growing, obviously. In Utah, yeah. So. so tell me a little bit more about that Lady Ducks program. What was I, I saw the flyers for that, and then I saw the post flyer, like people posting. Maybe you posted some stuff about it. I think I did, yeah. Um, was I'm trying to think who else was involved with it. Was it Shannon? Did Shannon Smith have anything to do with that? Or? Yeah, I think so. Yep. So I, I saw some of the post stuff, but I didn't know actually what was going on. So the Lady Ducks, and uh, they come into town and yeah, just a bunch of their. I don't know what division they coach, but some of their coaches just came out and just ran a bunch of different drills and development things and and skating stuff. How many girls did you guys have out there? Oh, there was a lot. I'm. I'm not sure, but probably, probably over a hundred, maybe awesome. two hundred. But yeah, there was there was a lot of girls there. Awesome, that's so cool. All age groups. Yeah, they had a bunch of different age groups. Yep. And did they have more of of the local girls helping as well? You and yeah, um, Kyra actually came out and Sarah, and then um, Brooke Burns who plays is going to be playing for for the U. The U. Yep, yeah. she was out there too. Yeah, so. very cool. I I I've known Brooke since she was. Little as well. Yep. Uh, her whole family. That's a legendary hockey family too. All right. So okay. So you've got that. But tell and you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opportunities that were there or not there when you were growing up. You you start playing hockey and you're on a boys team. How were you accepted on those boys teams? Um, it was it was very different. As I've heard you talk on the show before, that there were some boys that were like, "Oh, girl player, that's awesome," and then other boys that that didn't really accept that, didn't want, like, girls playing. I Some teams we played, um, I'd get targeted. Yeah. But um, the the boys on my team were very accepting, and they would, I guess, stick up for me or, you know, but. When you get targeted, you mean guys were out, they just tried to hit you, hit <laughs> yeah. you every shift? Yeah, so uh, I I started playing hockey with, with a Czech league. It was Czech, so yeah. that was intimidating, starting off playing Czech hockey, you know, for my first years, but. Um, I think I grew a lot from that, got a lot stronger as a player, you know, just, you got to keep your head up while you're playing. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, other than that, I think playing boys hockey really helped, I guess, for starting off because I was able to, to just grow. I feel like boys and girls hockey is very different from girls. It's more like you don't have to worry about getting hit, like, but boys hockey, I feel like my skating got a lot better and. Because you had to worry about getting hit? Just because, uh, yeah, I guess that. <laughs> but just because it's a, boys are a lot faster, like boys hockey, I would say. So that. Okay. Uh, you ever have any issues with coaches that didn't want you? Um, yeah, I think I had one experience where I went to try out for uh, a boys team. And it, was, it just kind of was made known to me that before I even stepped on the ice that I wasn't going to make the team just really? because I was a girl, yes. Was that, and that was locally? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's unacceptable. Hopefully, that stuff's gone away with. For me, when I when I knew that I was gonna, and I've I've coached uh, at almost every level, and every time you have a girl on the team, the only thing it meant to me is I had there's one more video you have to watch every year as a coach because you have those modules and they're like, okay, you're coached. You have to watch the module for U14s. Now you got to watch the module for concussion protocol. Now you got to watch. Oh, you got a girl on your team. Now you got to watch this module that barely deals with having a girl on your team. It doesn't even really talk about the separate locker rooms or, you know, as good as USA Hockey is at getting you prepared for everything, there are so many weird things that you have to deal with because 
you want to make every player on your team feel welcome and feel equal. And now you've got to deal with 75, 85% of the, of the boys on the team are accepting of it, but there's always one or two kids mm-hmm. that have an issue with it Yeah. for whatever reason. And, uh, but by, the, by mid-season, it always seemed like the girls on our team were just fitting in and everything was going well. But I never knew for sure what was going on behind the scenes. And my son is super quiet and super private. And I'd be like, is everything going all right? Do you know? Because, like, you know, like I said, we had a few different girls on our team mm-hmm. over the years. I'd be like, is this girl doing okay? And my son would always just be like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, well, what are the guys saying? He's like, I don't know. I don't talk to any of the guys. <laughs> what, what, are the, what's, what is she saying? I don't know. I don't talk to her either. So it was hard. hard. I thought I had an inside spy, but my, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the problem with having a shy son. I mean, for me personally, with any guys team that I was on, I always felt accepted and part of the team. Very cool. Very cool. And we were talking a little bit before we went on the air because, like, I want to throw, like, I want to change the world when it comes to this. I want to throw anybody under the bus that's ever Mm -hmm. screwed up with it. But I also don't want to do that. I want to hope people have have grown and, and been on it. But as, as a father of a strong daughter and a, as an athlete, like I've watched her go through some crap that I wanted to stand up for. And my daughter's always like, no, I got this. And she stood up for it in her own ways on different teams. But she, same thing, she played on, on boys' teams. And uh, my son's soccer team, my son played premier soccer. And sometimes our goalie couldn't make a tournament or they'd get sick or whatever, and they'd pull my daughter up. And that was usually a really good experience. And the cool thing is, is every time they pulled her up in a tournament, they made the championship game. They didn't always win them. I think she was like half and half on those. But that was a cool thing for her to always, you know, get pulled up and make a championship. But there were guys on the other teams always making sexist remarks. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as a father sitting there, that always makes you mad. You want to speak up. You want to say something. But my daughter, that would have made my daughter more mad is having me say something. She (laughs) wants to fight her own battles. Is that how you are? Yeah, I mean, my parents are very protective, but I feel like when I was when I had that happen to me, that yeah, I wanted to I wanted to stick up for myself and and prove those guys wrong that I could go out there and play with them and compete with them. Okay. So, so instead of throwing the guys under the bus or the people under the bus mm-hmm. that maybe didn't help you, let's let's pump the tires for the people that stepped up and and maybe went over and above for you. Are, are there people like that? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously my, uh, my college coach now, Tom Hoffman, he, he saw something in me that I guess at the time I didn't even see in myself that I, I could go and play college hockey and, and compete at that level, which was awesome to me at the time, you know, and I'm loving it now, but yeah, that, and then, um, I guess one, one person that I had, uh, that really stuck out to me that really helped me and, and just made me realize what I could become, I guess, in hockey was um, Kira Dellerman. She she was my there my first year of playing girls hockey, and I actually played with her, I think, one year playing high school. She played on the same high school team as me, but I just remember I looked up to her so much and like kind of idolized her because she was so good and would just go out there and and just compete with the boys. And, and then at the girl level, she would just stand out so much. But, yeah, she kind of she kind of paved the way, I guess, to for me to what I could become in in hockey so okay very cool well glad to throw that pump out and uh what are you doing now you're home for the summer when did you get home um i got home at the beginning of may wow Mm -hmm. nice and how are you training what's what's going on with the summer um so 
my t- my team they send us a, a summer workout packet that we do, which is pretty much six days a week, either running or lifting, and then to try to stay on the ice, I've just been playing in a in an adult league up in Ogden. So. Yeah, the beer leagues. Yeah, <laughs> the beer league. <laughs> nice. Who who? Uh, what team are you playing for out there in Ogden? Um, I'm playing for the Beavers up in Ogden. Okay. Yeah, my brothers both play on that team, so it's it's good to get to play with them and. All right, and you're playing with or against Kyra out there? Uh, I'm playing against Kyra. Oh, yep. okay. Her dad posted a pretty sick move she pulled the other night. I don't know if you saw that. She, uh, she had a pretty nice uh, deke inside, and I think she went backhand bar down. I don't think I played against her that game. Oh. <laughs> I'm dying to get out there and play again. That's where, like, you know, I finished my last two years at Weber there, and had, I love that rink. And then I coached with the Ogden Mustangs there, so I wanted to get in some summer league and drive out there, but. Just ended up staying here. Didn't break my box. Just playing <laughs> men's league here like I do every yeah. year. Um, so, and and that's it. You just, I mean, those are pretty intense workouts they send in those books, mm-hmm. right? Um, my son is using the one from the University of Vermont right now. And I look at the sprints and it's like, uh, he goes out and he does 10 100-yard sprints and then takes a rest and then does like another 10 100 yard sprints and then he goes in and then he's in the gym for another hour and a half and they're so particular on where you're working out like when i think chest and arms i'm like all right i go do like some you know i'm gonna do some bench press and curls whatever and uh like make my beach body look better but man they really get down to isolating those muscles and it even says why it's going to help you in your hockey game is is it that intense for you yeah, I think that's the the biggest change going from girls hockey to college is that it's it's every day you're doing something and it's it's definitely challenging, but it's been awesome for me because I I like having a schedule. I like having all that stuff that we do. We skate 5 to 6 days a week and then work out 3 days a week along with skating for for 2 hours, but but yeah, it's I've noticed a big change in in my skating and how strong I am on on my skates now from working out yeah i bet stuff. yeah i've noticed uh the opposite because the, <laughs> the older i get i'm like man i used to be able to do that but like last night i tried to go almost flat in the splits to make a save and i was like uh, maybe like five <laughs> years ago i could have got to that park but that's too hard i can't go that. i can't do that anymore in college i could do the splits like every goalie back in the day had to do the splits and then my son who rose up through juniors i mean he can barely touch his toes. It's a totally different thing now. Goalies are more, the positions totally change with their butterfly slides and all that stuff. They don't have to do the splits. They're smarter. They're more in, uh, you know, positionally sound, I guess. A lot of times back then we were just making stuff up as we went and throwing our bodies all over the place. But you do notice when you have, like when you build up that body, you do notice that it works for hockey. Yes. Yeah. And it, it's fun to watch because the gym I go to, you've got Truscott and you've got Halloran. And you've got these, you know, the other NCAA players from the neighborhood or from Utah, and you watch them work out, and man, they're so intense. So I love seeing what you guys are doing. I, uh, I, I keep sending you, you invites. I don't know if you've seen them, but we have our we have our ice. You're always welcome to. We have Tuesday nights and Sunday morning ice. That you're always invited to. Okay, awesome. Yeah. We try we try to up the level <laughs> of our sta- our skates by bringing in all the all the high level players. Uh, so at this point in your life. You are what other girls are looking up to around here. And you've seen that with the, the Lady Ducks program, right? Those girls came out mm-hmm. and they said, hey, you are where I want to be. So what's your words of advice for these girls now? It's What would you tell a, a 12 or 13-year-old girl right now that's getting into hockey? 
Uh, something that I wish I guess I would have heard or like known at, at that stage was just that it, it is possible and you can do it. And I guess something that's different about my story from say like Sarah or Kairos is that I didn't I didn't leave the state. I stayed here and and I guess that's becoming more more possible for girls here that we are we have more programs and stuff like that. But just just that that dedication and that drive that you need to have to to be to want to succeed. I guess that's awesome. So. And that's true. You're the first person to come in here and say that. Well, and we, we've had Daniel and Daniel Brickley, mm-hmm. and uh, he is the only other player that we've had in here that completed high school here and then went on, and now look at him. I mean, he's yeah. he's on an NHL roster today. So that's that's cool that you say that, and that's because that helps parents a lot, right? Because not, <laughs> not every parent says, hey, I had, a, I had a kid who now plays hockey, and I hope they leave at 14. Yeah. A lot of us are like, no, I had kids to raise kids. I want to see them, you know, I want them to live here until they're 18 or longer. Yeah, I, I think I went to one year at Weber State, and then I ended up – up leaving. So. Really? You stayed mm-hmm. here even longer? Yeah, so I, I had one more of eligibility so I could have played for the Lady Girls one more year, but I had I was a, a sophomore at that time at Weber State and I decided that that was the opportunity for me to leave and to go out of state and play college hockey. So. Wow. That's cool. See, I didn't know that part of the story. That, yeah, adds a whole, no, that adds a whole other step to the story. That's cool. So you not only graduated high school, you'd started mm-hmm. hockey college here yep. and then transferred over. Yeah, and at that time, I think I was thinking that, oh, I have one more year of girls hockey, and then that's it for me, you know, that's all I'm, I'm going to do. And then we ended up going to that tournament, and I got, I got scouted, and it was awesome. That's so. cool. So are there any other Utah girls on that team? You said that... Yeah, um, Gabby Hicks actually is coming out this next year to play Hicks. out at Trine. Yep, Gabby is, Hicks. Is, because that's a hockey name, too, from here. Any <laughs> relation to, do you know? I'm no. trying to think of the other Hicks that's playing. Um, well, she has a sister. Her and Grace, they played for um, Lady Grizz with me. Oh, okay, cool. So, um, Lady Grizz, what's going on with them right now? Do you know? Um, I'm not sure, actually, but okay. I think I think they just combined with the Lady Lightning or right. something like that. But yeah, yeah I think I'm there's not. a merger between the two teams. Now mm-hmm. they're trying to now they're trying to make. Um, they're working together anyway, and that's mm-hmm. that, hopefully that's a good thing, and they create. Um, more top level teams and yeah. mid mid level teams that are going to be competitive at those at those levels and develop more girls instead of just competing against each other. So yeah, kind of diluting those top teams. That's the thing too. Um, my I think it was my senior year. I ended up going to nationals with my high school team and the Lady Grays. We went to nationals that year for both teams, and it was just crazy to see like the level outside of Utah and how we could build that to be able to compete with teams outside of. Of Utah, so. Yeah, and hopefully that's the goal, and hopefully that's what happens. Because I know a lot of the, a lot of the times, and it, it happens with high school too. We get to these, uh, well, definitely with our, our like our men's, our boys double A and triple A mm-hmm. teams, we dilute them because we have so many organizations pulling. So you have like three triple A level players that end up playing double A, and you have three triple A level players that are actually playing triple A, and then you have three more that go up to Park City. So you have these kids that if they were all on the same team, if we had Team Utah, which I think the women are doing, but the men will never do. Mm-hmm. The boys will never do. If if we had all those players on one team, can you imagine how good they'd be? We we would be able to compete. <laughs> my my son's 18 year, his, uh, his U18 year, you had two really good goaltenders that both ended up getting USHL offers. Uh, Weston Mon, who went on to play at Weber State, and then my son, Tegan. 
And then you had, um, I got to remember, well, you had Halloran, you had Nick Halloran, you had Anea Ferrario. I mean, you have all these kids that were already gone into other areas. Mm -hmm. And if they would all stayed here, we would have had like a legit triple A threat. But instead, we diluted it and we mm-hmm. spread it out. We had so many good players that could have played. I think that's a misconception that, that we have now is that being from Utah or staying in Utah, that, that you won't go anywhere if you if you stay here. So I guess that's something that that can change hopefully in the next, obviously, it yep. did for me. So I'm hoping so too. And I think we've seen teams take some real uh, steps towards that, I think, with um, – with what West Coast um, Outliers have done, what West Coast Renegades, I can't remember what they're called all of a sudden. They're always, it always changes. West Coast, whatever they are, but they have some really good coaches. Mm-hmm. And they've made some really good st- strides. They have good ownership. The ownership's not trying to milk the parents out of all the money. They're just trying to build a really solid program. So I think kids now have a legitimate opportunity to stay here in Utah and make it out mm-hmm. and play college hockey. So, okay, one... The other thing I like to ask people, and I kind of already asked you, mm-hmm. but besides your parents, who else here in Utah is there? And besides the, the girl that you mentioned, who else here helped you get there? Is it is it Weiss? Like Stan? Stan? I, I would say a, a lot of the co- uh, the coaches that I had. Um, there was one in high school. His name was Dan Lamoth, and he. Oh, Dan Lamoth, very yeah, well. Yeah, he. Oh. Uh, he just kind of pushed me where I wasn't like I, I was going into hockey. I wasn't really comfortable. Like I was like, oh, don't put me out there for the penalty kill. I don't, I don't want to mess up. But he just kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone and, and was able to help me grow. I guess as a hockey player, really? become more confident in myself. And yeah, very cool. Yeah, I coached his son, so that's cool. That's good to hear. And I, I didn't even know he had ever coached. Yeah, he. I think he coached um, me when I played for DC Wind. Yeah, in my bantam year. So very cool. Well, it, it's been awesome to get to know you. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about what's going on for you. And so you're starting your junior year. My senior year, technically. Oh, right. But I, I, Can you, but if I, if I fifth year, I have another year of eligibility to play hockey. So Are you planning on doing that or are you going to graduate? Uh, no, I think I'm going to graduate. And what are you majoring in? Um, exercise science right now. I'm hoping to be a, a chiropractor in the future. So. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. My brother-in-law's a chiropractor. Well, he's well, he's a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. He has a PhD in that, and then he's also a chiropractor. So it's, uh, I mean, that's an awesome way to help athletes. That's that's very awesome. And I wouldn't, I like when I was your age, all I could see is playing hockey. <laughs> but as a parent looking at somebody going through college, I'm like, just go, just graduate, just enjoy the time you have playing hockey. Make mm-hmm. the most out of this season for yourself. Uh, do you have, have you set any goals for this year? Yeah, I hope to uh, to be able to uh, step up and get a, a couple more points than I did this last year. So, how many goals did you have this year? Do you remember this last season? I didn't get any, not not one. Okay, but. so that's easy to beat that goal. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Again, we're uh, we're excited that you're on the episode. It's really good to get to know you, and I'm excited to follow you. We're gonna just uh, we're gonna stalk you, <laughs> and we're gonna talk about you all all season long. And everybody in Utah that watches the show and listens to the podcast, because you know we do both. Mm-hmm. We have the little weekly updates, and you're gonna be on every week. And we're just gonna gonna be pumping your tire and excited to watch everything that goes for you. Awesome! Thank well, thanks you. for being on the episode. <laughs> and for those of you who have not subscribed yet, it's so simple. All you gotta do, and of course it's free, is just text the word puck to five seven five hundred or get on kslsports.com. Hit the little link podcasts 
And there we are, right there under all the Scott Mitchell. I don't know why I have to rip on Scott Mitchell every time I'm on the show. But uh, it's usually because he's standing outside the window staring at us. But anyway, down at the bottom somewhere, I'm going to say it's because it's alphabetical. But Utah Puck Report's down there. Click that, subscribe, and then every time we do one of these, which will be one or two times a week, uh, it'll just come right to your phone. And you get to listen to these awesome conversations from these awesome hockey players we have coming out of Utah. And uh, again, thanks so much for being on. Yeah, thank you. That's Katie. Make sure you guys are watching for Katie all season long on the Utah Puck Report.